This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 234, the preliminary guide to the Extra Kingdom and finale. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Another finish line gets crossed, Hunter. We've done Another finish line. We've done did it. Every faction has yet again been covered. This is the third time this show has gone through every single faction in a very laborious long year year long or longer laborious. process. Well laborious. I don't say that with a negative connotation, but it is it is labor. It is labor. It is filled. labor. We have done it again, ladies and gentlemen. Third time's the charm. We've pulled a hat trick. <laughs> With uh, every faction in the game, we are your ultimate Twilight Imperium podcast. Uh, This is called Space Cats Peace Turtles. I am here to talk with you, Matt, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. more Twilight Imperium. Can you believe it? This week, we are discussing Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium with the Prophecy of Kings expansion. Can you believe it? That's what we're here today to do. Now, this is it. This is the last one. This is the last Show's one. over. Show's over once again. We've had a lot of endings to this show. You know, we end this show about, about as often as we start it. You know, it's it's yeah. It's, well, we only started it the one time, and we ended it probably like four or five times <laughs> at this point. But this is this is an ending. There yeah. is uh, there is a future. Uh, there's more. There's more to do because the thing about Twilight Imperium is that it uh, shouldn't exist, um, and because it exists. <laughs> We have to try to make sense of it. Yeah. But I do feel like the the show is sort of, it's sort of us looking at this. It's like we found this thing like washed up on shore. Yeah. And we're just like pulling stuff out of the box being like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Why is this like this? How much do you think Why this, is this doubloon is worth? How could it, how much could yeah. it possibly be worth? <laughs> what, what, what could this be? Um, so for the first half of this episode, Matt will be giving us his genius oh galaxy brain level thoughts. Thanks for that. On the extra kingdom. Uh, he has mastered them. They yeah. are officially mastered. I'll, le- I'll leave with this what? just to get yeah. it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Just to get, go ahead. Go ahead. To, to get the haters out of the way. I won. I won a game as extra. Get out. I'm done. It's over. The curse is lifted. Matt won a game as extra. So therefore winning that one time means that suddenly the guide are, is valid. <laughs> suddenly the guide is valid. There's no way to have opinions on Twilight Imperium without winning, okay? <laughs> if you haven't won, you can't have opinions. That's something I've, I've noticed that in the community. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody's really good about only speaking about things that they have experienced having won. That's something... I, it's, We're I, all hey, quite good I just want to... Hey, real quick. Yeah, in, tip of the uh, hat. <laughs> Space Cats, Peace Turtles Internet. I just want to tip my hat to you for only speaking on things that you understand based <laughs> off of your large pile of wins uh-huh. all right and the fact that no one has ever spoken out about anything having to do with the game and unless it's backed up mm-hmm. unless it with, is with a single up, win <laughs> unless w- without there being a, a bank account somewhere just 
full to the brim of Twilight Imperium wins, uh-huh. and that that is how. Uh, there's so many oh names I could name right now mm-hmm. of just various internet space cats peace turtles community people that they only speak of wins they only ever do uh and so yes 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 all opinions only only backed up oh dear with uh it's like the gold standard yeah yeah, you know it's all backed up with wins well with that can we uh can we get this one out of the way this this one i think is going to be a quick one to be honest with you i don't have a lot to say about extra not that that's not a they're really bad i know i won it's too easy you achieved victory they're too good even matt can win with them (laughs) (laughs) everyone knows that you're the bad one matt everyone knows that so if you win then that's oh that's wild you're very good at mario kart though should have been a mario kart podcast anyways it isn't it Let me talk to Mario you about Kart the Park. Azure Roller Wheel. Okay, one episode <laughs> on Azure Roller. Here we go. Is it different from Roller? No. Next question. Matt, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to load okay. you up. Okay, whenever locked you and loaded. Let's talk about the Extra Kingdom. First and foremost, this is the Peace Turtles, right? This is it. This is our nom de plume. Is, nom de plume. Half of our nom de plume <laughs> is based on this faction, a faction I would describe as somewhat fun to play sometimes. Yeah, I would describe them as uh, having a somewhat diplomatic disposition and a political tendency um, and a monarchy government. That's just kind of how I, I don't know, off the dome, that's sort of how I that's would describe That's how you would them. describe yeah. them, huh? I, They're slow to anger and political by nature. Many have uh, mistaken the X-Child's commitment to peace for, I don't know, like weakness, only to uncover fierce warriors beneath the X-Child's tranquil veneer. That's like sort of just my vibe. That's on... just like stuff, you're just coming up with that. Yeah. Yeah. You're just coming up with that right now, huh? <laughs> uh, so Matt, would you like to have their abilities I would, list thrown <laughs> at you now? Yep. All right, so... This faction, they have uh, they have two abilities. Uh, the first ability um, is called Peace Accords. Uh, and I always forget about this one. Um, <laughs> after you resolve the primary or secondary ability of the Diplomacy Strategy card, you may gain control of one planet other than Mechatol Rex that does not contain any units and is in a system that is adjacent to a planet you control. Yep, this is uh, this is Gamma Mama before Gamma Mama graced our holy halls. Uh, this do, is do not, Matt. I'm, can you withdraw that statement? This is on in the in the world of things similar to Gamma Mama. The weak connection here is so slight. Here's here's that all I I'm find saying. Find it insulting that you even invoked her name. Please leave her out of this, Matt. She is she is a queen, all right? She is an angel and, and this, you're talking about a mere This is pittance. her prince. This is <laughs> nothing. Yeah, now this ability is limited by the fact that you got to take Diplo, a generally ill-perceived strategy card, although I think there's plenty eh, of people nah, it's there's, fine. there's people coming around on it and there's reason the other to come day, around on no, it. No, here let me tell you about something. Here let me tell you about something. The other day, uh it got it was like fourth pick. Uh it was an L1 player mm-hmm. round 1 picked Diplo picked Diplo before trade was available and guess what made a lot of sense got a lot of value yeah, out of that yeah you know yeah you can get, I think you can get good money with Diplo the, the old complaint used to be that like Diplo does more for everybody else than it does for you Diplo got fixed a little bit so that's slightly less true and yeah uh more importantly we live in a world where round one 
Uh, scoring is a very big option for many people, uh -huh, and uh -huh. Xcha has some other things in their toolkit that means, hey, if an economic comes out, if an economic objective comes out, Diplo is a fr is a point, like for sure, just a point for Xcha if you take Diplo. So yeah, and also if your home system yeah. has five resources that's in pretty it, pretty good. <laughs> then that's pretty good. That's yeah. ten resources, yeah. and um, then other stuff. But the other limit here is, of course, the land bridge, which is why I called it uh, a gamma mama light. You gotta, it's it's not just have units adjacent to that planet. You gotta have a planet in a system adjacent to that planet. And that's the only way that you pull off a piece of quartz. So it's not an ability that comes up all the time. In fact, usually you maybe get it, you get to do it once a game. Sometimes you can steal a planet in the late game, but usually you sometimes almost never you use Sometimes you never get ability. to do it. Yeah, you, sometimes man. you never ever use this ability. And so yeah. whatever. Yeah. All right, let's talk about that second ability. So the second ability is called quash which is uh isn't that fun to just say that hey just say that out loud right now quash. no seriously do it it is Come fun on. Quash. say quash i know you're at work just sit at your desk and say quash <laughs> just say just look just make eye contact with someone right now and say quash <laughs> and never mm. explain it to them Never explain it to them. And if they say, why did you just say, what did you just say? And why did you just say that? You're like, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Anyways, second ability is quash. Uh, when an agenda is revealed, you may spend one token from your strategy pool, my mm -hmm. favorite pool, to discard that agenda and reveal one agenda from the top of the deck. Players vote on this agenda instead. You got veto on tap, but actually it costs kind of a lot. Yeah, it costs a counter, uh, starting a trend with extra, which is that things cost counters uh, with extra. So uh -huh. uh, we are kind of already, if we want to use our ability, we are com we are command counter uh, hungry. Uh, not that this is like the most important. You'll know, basically this ability. You know when it matters. Uh, there's a whole thing we'll talk about later with Quash that is like a whole freaking can of worms. But mm -hmm. uh, for for a standard agenda phase, yeah, Quash that economic equality when uh, you have 15 trade goods. You should do that. That's a good time to Quash, especially economic yeah. equality. There are a couple agendas yeah. where there's like no good side. There's there's a bad thing that happens if it goes forward. There's a bad thing that happens if it goes against. And qua just quash it, sure, every once in a while. Um, the thing people talk or about is paid you, to quash you can it. get paid to quash. Um, so someone else might not want an agenda, and you can charge a couple bucks for it. Uh, it's not dude, a dude, reliable dude, dude, form of income, but it's a thing you can do. Yo, yo, here's something you can do. This is cool. So let's say agenda comes out, and you really want to quash it. Pretend you don't care. Uh -huh. And then make everyone pay you to quash it, because if it's like something everybody hates, then make them pay you. Sure. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. <laughs> you know for just you waste, to get this waste everyone's time until they so try all to give waste you a dollar. everybody's time trying to make one buck off quash yeah. for something you actually want to quash uh, that's cool you can do it the other that's way like, too you can you can uh want like you can you can not want to quash it and be like guys i'm gonna quash this you better stop me we all want this to oh, go through oh, oh my please, god pay me a dollar that's like a cool thing you could say that every time exactly just say it with every agenda say i like, may I or really, may not quash this <laughs> i may or may not quash this just say that out loud all right at your desk uh anyway so we want to talk about the start now mm -hmm. okay so the your starting technology is graviton laser systems yeah this is yeah. um this is the first of a handful of bummers um graviton laser systems is not the worst tech in the world and there are ways that extra gets to use it but it's certainly not something you want to start with uh you are not using this tech maybe in the first three rounds of play 
Um, yeah. So at best, this is just you start with a yellow skip sort of, um, and, and that's going to come into mm-hmm. play. But generally uh, regarded as not the greatest. Te- this is what's nice about graviton laser systems is it's a tech you generally don't want to research, but having it already when then you do your other stuff, it's like okay, well, okay, I'm kind of glad I had graviton. I guess it's fine. It's fine. It's a very weird starting tech because graviton laser systems is very rarely relevant until possibly one moment in like round five. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's generally the path that Graviton takes. Yeah. So it's really funny to be like, cool. Well, I hope some at some point this is relevant. Yep. And it might not be. (laughs) Right. Um, Hey, guess what? That's a lot of their stuff. A lot of their toolkit is I hope this becomes relevant. I hope this becomes important. And if it does, it's incredibly good. That's that's the other half of it is when it is relevant, it's a game winner. Do you remember, Matt, in our very first game of Twilight Imperium 4th Edition yeah, where we, I we, didn't read what Graviton Laser Systems did? Yeah. And, and then ruined I ruined your soul game. It was Federation yeah. of Soul and you got decimated. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't read it. Yeah. I didn't know what it did and I didn't care. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to go over here and mess up Matt. And then you were like, I'm going to use Graviton Laser Systems. And I'm like, what is that? Okay. <laughs> it was kind of a bummer. Um, so starting units, we start with one carrier, Boo. two cruisers. Yay three fighters four infantry one space dock one pds it's a decent start um obviously we would love a second carrier uh we do not have that difficult of a path to getting that second carrier i would say the worst thing that can happen to you is for some reason the table deciding they really want to hurt you and screw you over Mm -hmm. with uh strategy card timings but honestly that doesn't happen very often um you 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 can pay them off so no this this is a perfectly acceptable start two cruisers means you know, you're going to get at least a trade neighbor of some kind, and, and, and we'll cover it in a second, but you got good commodities. This is fine. Uh, just Why get the carrier. Why is it fine? Because you, you don't have two... You don't have two carriers, though. I know, but you can afford... You 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 start with... Uh, your planets are a 1-1 one, one and a 2-3, so you definitely can buy a carrier at some at Well, some I haven't point. read the planets yet, Matt, so yeah. we don't actually know that. <laughs> we, we don't know that yet. And, and Matt, you wrote the order for me to read this stuff well, in, so... Let's hurry like it along, kinda, then, Buster. You're kind of going against your order a little bit. So here are their uh, their home system planets. <laughs> uh, there's, there's Archon Ren, which is a two-resource, three-influence planet. Um, I'll uh, I'll read the flavor text. Don't worry. Populated by small arboreal villages, this planet's only true urban center is the royal city of <laughs> the Skacha home system, home world, and home to the uh, to the renowned library of <laughs> The other uh, home system planet is called Archon Tau. Uh, it is a one resource, one influence uh, home system. Uh, the flavor text reads as follows. Ravaged by Sol and Letnev bombardments during the Twilight Wars, the Skakakacha commits substantial resources to rebuilding its ecology and cleansing its Tkaksik. He's just saying toxic. Now he's goofing on you all, and I'm sorry. Tkaksik continents yeah um and it's a, it's a one one i don't know if i mentioned that so this isn't ideal uh three resources at home is enough for the carrier but not enough for technology so if tech pops first action and you aren't ready for it you're not getting tech sorry sorry about you 
Uh, some some round ones you just don't get tech and that happens um but also what i find annoying about this is we are the diplomatic faction and we have less influence than asarl at home the asarl at least has a two three and a one two and we've got a one one so we like we don't even have like a perfect kind of command counter thing we can do although i have used archon ren to buy a command counter round one before i've definitely done that but there's a very specific reason that that is generally okay uh and we yeah we'll also get into that here in a minute it's pretty cool when somebody takes Diplo because you could you could get a token with uh, Archon Ren and then just refresh, use that token that yep. you got from Archon or yeah Archon Ren, and then use that token to refresh like other planets yep. that have more inf- or more resources, right? Um, which is pretty cool. But then yeah, the thing with uh, Diplo is always about timings, right? And right. it's always kind of hard to work it out. Let's talk about their promissory note. It is called political favor. When an agenda is revealed, remove one token from the 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 uh, player's strategy pool and return it to their reinforcements. Then discard the revealed agenda and reveal one agenda from the top of the deck. Players vote on this agenda instead. Then return this card to the Skaskacha player. So yeah, this is um I, this is a weird one because it's just quash, right? It's just you can use quash in the same exact way that I could use quash and uh. You know what you can do instead of use this promissory note is just you just ask me to quash it. So this is the this is a funny one. I've seen people try to buy it. Uh, I forget who it is. I think it's Kaluin uh, is always talking to me about how they're they're willing to buy political favor as like Jolnar or whatever round one for like political favor for research agreement or whatever, um, mm-hmm. which is like technically a cheap political favor, but also sometimes that means they're this is them getting to use quash like against your will. Um, so right. we generally ad- advise, you know, don't hand this out. But I feel like these days it's really not the biggest deal in the world. Um, you can you're very good at voting, <laughs> so you can maybe right. uh, get around this kind of a thing. Um, so even if they quash a, an agenda you would have liked, you're probably going to be fine in the long run. So whatever. I mean, give it out if you want to, if it makes sense, if somebody comes asking for it. But don't like don't try to sell this all the time. Just try to sell quash in the timing window of quash. Right. Yeah, um, I also forgot to mention Matt, but their commodities are four. Sure, they have they're a four commodity faction, um, which I feel like kind of had kind of come up a little bit before. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, that that ties into their round one, right? Their their bad resource start is pretty annoying, but you can generally make maybe three trade goods off of a, a trade pop, um, depending on where you send those cruisers or whatever. So your money's usually not too hard to handle, and uh, we got an agent coming up here too that's going to really really solve our problems and start putting things together. So what's that? Yeah, so speaking of all that, let's talk about the agent. So the agent's name is Giga Rokuto Rinana. And the action that is... Ex- a, they, sorry, so his name is a motorcycle starting. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, it's just a picture of a motorcycle. Yeah, I don't that's know. weird. <laughs> um, so it is an action. Exhaust this card to ready any planet. If that planet is in a system that is adjacent to a planet you control, you may remove one infantry from that planet and return it to its reinforcements. Yeah, that uh, that second part used to trip me up all the time because I always like wanted this uh, agent to be more complex than it is. But the reality is, you will very rarely use uh-huh. that second ability. Yeah, the the kill yeah, someone yeah, yeah. else's infantry for free can come up but honestly i forget about it so often that i i almost like never did it or thought of it because the the reality is 
readying one of your own planets is almost always better and the reason you're using the card. And if you're not going to use it for your own planets, you're probably finding a way to sell this agent to somebody else so that they can ready their own planet and you don't kill their infantry because you're being nice to them and you're doing them a favor right. anyways. So killing the infantry is kind of a non-starter. Maybe you can find a cool way to do it. But usually, this is big time money bucks. Uh, if you have a three-planet, uh, three-resource planet, in your slice, like adjacent to home, you're going to have a killer round one very, very reliably. You take that. Your second action is to use the agent to flip that over. Now you've got three bucks at home and three bucks on a forward planet. If you got a lucky uh, explore off of that and now you got like a five resource hazardous planet, holy cow, this is going to be like the juiciest agent in the game. This is yeah. this is maybe among the best agents in the entire game. Um, I would yeah. put this up there with Mahakt's like lifting tokens, doing crazy stuff Whoa, uh, agent. This is this wrong. is a uh, no, it's not because this this uh, agent uh, yeah, singular. The rest of Xchar isn't amazing, but, but this agent the, makes Xchar relevant. <laughs> you were almost there, and then you kind of just like swerved. You were like you were driving. I was like, this is he's going the right way, oh, and then man. you just like wildly swerved. This off is the a road. really really good agent, man. I tell you, I think it's good. I, I think you just said some stuff there that uh, I don't agree with. Anyway, it's not better. my episode. I said up there with. It's not my episode. Okay. <laughs> It's not, this is, we're not, this is not my job. Okay, my job is just to read this stuff. And the next thing on the list is to read the flagship, who uh, I will say is, uh, this, this one's kind of famous. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't already know about this one, this is one of the more famous flagships. It is called the uh, Lankara Sisodu. Uh, and it is, a, it costs eight. It hits two on a seven, movement one, capacity three. Uh, below average, as far as what we got so far. Um, it has sustained damage, like always. And it has Space Cannon. Uh, it rolls three. They hit on five. Uh, it's sort of a uh, experimental battle station on tap. Uh -huh. uh, except for, yeah, that, that's three. Um, and then uh, the ability reads, you may use this unit's Space Cannon against ships that are in adjacent systems. It's got PDS2, y'all. Yeah, it's three it's PDS2s, PDS2s the and it's in the space. You put it wherever you want. You can move it. You can move this PDS2. That comes with all of the benefits uh, and drawbacks of PDS2, which is to say, when this thing hits, uh, it's really good, and it scares people. People don't come into your slice very often when you get this flagship up early. But when it misses... It's not a very good ship after that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't score yep. hits very well, and uh, you can lose. You can lose. So it's the kind of thing where if your opponent plans for it correctly, brings enough soak, it's not uh -huh. going to do enough. It, it's not enough by itself. It's pretty good in the early game. You see a lot of people talk about building this thing round one or round two. Uh, I generally agree with that. Get this out early because then it lets you have kind of a, a wackier early game. You can take more risks because this thing's parked in your slice and everybody else doesn't have the soak yet to deal with it, right? In round two, this thing is a, is a hoss. This is this is nobody can Ooh. can de defeat this thing, generally speaking, or nobody wants to try really is, is how I should word that. Um, but late game, you start to feel it lose its its pace, but hopefully you've got enough other stuff going on that it's not trying to, to do everything for you. Hey, and don't forget about Graviton Laser Systems. Hey, yeah, you, know? you got don't that ready to that. go. Even though it's kind of useless against some factions. Um, next up, let's talk about the Skiskuchamek. Um, it is called the Indomitus. It is Indomitus. <laughs> uh, it is a mech. It costs two, combat six. That's normal. Uh, abilities include sustained damage and space cannon on an eight hmm. it roll which is a weird number for space cannon but that's yeah. fine 
Um, and then its ability reads, you may use this unit's space cannon against ships that are in adjacent systems. It's a bad PDS too. <laughs> exactly. Look. So, so while the flagship's hitting on fives or sixes against anti-mass deflectors, the Indominus is hitting on eights or nines against anti-mass. Yeah, don't don't write don't don't think the Indominus is actually contributing to your PDS defense here. It's a mech with like kind of an okay ability on top of it. Yep. Um, it's especially nice that the mech can be on a planet and of course fire at incoming infantry. So in a sense, it's one of those mechs that's pretty good if you use it really aggressively, right? You go take a planet in someone else's slice round two with with your early cruiser two. This mech can help with that in a pretty significant way because they will not immediately be able to take it back. Maybe, but you can't lean on that space cannon roll. It's it's not very good. And and plenty of factions start with or get anti mass deflectors where it hitting on a nine or a ten is pretty insignificant. So yeah, a decent mech that you don't need to freak out about or anything. Yeah, don't freak out about it on either side, offense or defense. Yeah. What what Just I what I still, uh, what these two things do together though is kind of say okay so why do i ever need to build a pds like why do, do i need any pds off of construction realistically uh, i think yeah. we used to try to say extra some sort of pds faction because if you want to make your flagship really good you would get plasma scoring and then once you have a yellow tech and plasma scoring you kind of might as well get pds too but i think the community has all sort of agreed extra kingdom is not inherently a pds faction there's structure objectives that can come out and it can just become like a hey well this is a pds game for my extra because because right. I have to build them anyways, and I can be pretty good at that, so I might as well lean into it. But that's not every single game, and you definitely have the advantage of not having to build PDS because of this. So we can talk about their faction techs and how they steer in different directions instead of PDS, maybe. Oh, perfect, perfect. So the first one I'm going to read is called uh, Nullification Field. Um, it is a two yellow requirement. A little pricey. It's yellow tech, obviously. Um, and the text reads as follows, after another player activates a system that contains one or more of your ships, you may exhaust this card and spend one token from your strategy pool immediately end that player's turn bye bye this is a this is a decently well balanced faction tech, I would say, whereas some of the other super defensive faction techs are not well balanced, <laughs> which is to say, this is one usable once around, unless you bio stims or whatever, and it's costly. It's another thing that costs a command counter. But the fact uh -huh. that it ends the turn, that's it. They don't get to do anything else. That's incredibly powerful. That's a very, very good ability when it matters and when when it does something. Um, but it's one of those things, too, that when people know you have it, they can kind of work around it in a certain way. And like once you've used it, that's it. It's gone. You don't have the ability anymore. So I think I see a lot of people uh, lean into this tech in some way and I don't think it's worth doing that but there's games you're going to get it in the late game and it's going to lock things up for you uh, just like we talked about with Graviton right it's it's <laughs> it doesn't matter until suddenly it's the most important tech you researched or whatever um, also that two yellow requirement isn't a huge deal because you start with the yellow so really you're a yellow skip away from nullification field and if if you have a yellow skip in your slice then yeah you're probably going to research nullification field at some point even if you never use the tech the second tech is called instinct training um this is a green tech one green requirement you may exhaust this card and spend one token from your strategy pool when another player plays an action card cancel that action card 
Pretty uh, cool. This used to be a cool ability, and then Empyrean entered the scene with their crazy good yeah, max, right. and uh, this this got not as good because it exhausts. It's usable once around unless you bio stems. It's at the green path, so you could realistically do instinct training bio stems, but I don't. I don't think that's a very wise tech path for extra, but you see plenty of people talk highly about this one too. It still just comes down to the cost. This is another one where it matters or it doesn't. Uh, I like it less than nullification field. And uh, especially because I don't necessarily need to play an action card focused extra. I don't know. This one just has less likelihood that it's going to come up that you really, really have to sabotage the thing. The big thing of note, though, is instinct training can sabotage a sabotage. And that's the only way to stop a sabotage uh, with with extra. Empyrean mech right. also can sabotage a sabotage. But those are the it's two. It's like a bad version of the Empyrean mech. Right. That's it's a, like, it's, it's yeah. a bad version of the Empyrean mech, and that's about as good as it gets. It's fine. Again, this is one where if you have a green skip, probably worth picking up, but I'm not going to go down the green tech path just to get this. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the rest of their leader suite, starting with the commander. Uh, the commander is called Elder Kanage. Kanage? Kanage. Kanage. Uh, and the, the little subtitle there is called The Doom from Kakakalage. <laughs> uh, the unlock is control planets that have a combined total of at least 12 influence. You start with uh, four at home, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, and then once it's unlocked, uh, here's the ability. Each planet you exhaust to cast votes provides one additional vote. Game effects cannot prevent you from voting on an agenda. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 So whoa. two parts there. The first part is a, is a pretty big deal because it makes your zero influence planets worth a vote still. So you can still exhaust them in various ways. It, it ends up giving you quite a lot of extra votes in the status phase or in the, in yeah. the agenda phase. Sorry. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it depends on whether the agendas are important and what you do with that. You still got to play the, like, this isn't locking up agendas for you. Obviously, because it's a commander, you can give this ability out to other people, too. So if you can assure that you and the other person will vote together, then it's a pretty good alliance. But I of often yeah. found myself nervous to give the alliance out because it's like, well, I don't know that we have the same <laughs> motives here. And if I give yeah. you as much voting power as me, then what what have I done? I've taken away one of my own abilities. Uh, and especially because that second effect is even bigger deal. Game effects cannot prevent you from voting. That means you can play a writer that then says like, you don't vote, except I can yeah. still vote. I can play an Imperial writer and vote for my Imperial writer. That's incredibly powerful, and that's even scarier to hand out in an alliance. So I would say it's an alliance that's worth kind of an okay amount, even if it's like essentially a speculative market. It's like, buy this alliance. Maybe an agenda will come up where you care about it. Maybe it won't. So that makes it hard to like actually get good value out of. But I would say, generally speaking, it can net you a pretty good alliance from the other person. You can get a pretty good alliance because the other person is like, I don't know, that extra alliance might be, might be pay off in the long run so yeah. sure i'll do this kind of swap that might be more in your favor than in mine because who knows maybe it works out for me i'd do that swap with uh joel nar probably mm -hmm. even though you're probably creating a political rival uh i feel like i play oftentimes with extra players that do this they do the alliance swap with somebody and then the agenda phase gets real boring yeah. because it's just kind of up they to these two people to yeah. decide and everyone else is just kind of sitting around being like, well, what did y'all decide for us? Yeah. The worst uh, example the of that is when Extra gets dark packed from uh, oh. or bl blood packed, I should say, right? Blood yeah, packed blood from packed. the Empyrean, blood which is packed. if Empyrean and uh, Extra vote together, they get four extra votes. And so if yeah. 
uh, if Empyrean has this alliance and Extra has the blood pact, then it's just like, yep, yeah, okay, we're not doing agenda phases anymore. Empyrean and Extra are telling us how agenda phases go for the rest of this game. Yeah, I feel like you can generally, with this alliance, if things are going well, kind of find a boat float partner. Yep. The problem is that you kind of suck, so, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you should right. be boat floating with anybody. Right. Um, let's talk about that hero, though. The oh, hero God. is called, for some reason, this is what it's called. It's called Political Data Nexus. Uh, hey, Dane, what does that even mean? It's like, a, what is a, I what? Think, I think you're hacking the, pol I think the Political Data Nexus exists, and you're, like, hacking into it. You've, like, you're, you've, like, taken over. I don't over. know. Yeah, there's no way to know. I would have appreciated the use of some word, like, filibuster, or, like, quorum that's a that's a political <laughs> word i know quorum like something like there you know like a quote like there's no quorum or something i don't know it just sounds like sci-fi gobbly <laughs> gobbledygook um the okay here it is here it is this one's kind of famous a lot of people already know this one but um here you go action you may discard one law from play i always forget that yeah, part understated, you get this, like, an understated part of this ability on top of everything else that is about to happen Look at the top five cards of the agenda deck. Choose two to reveal and resolve each as if you had cast one vote for an outcome of your choice. Discard the rest. Other players cannot resolve abilities during this action. Then purge this card. So this is busted. <laughs> and we hope that it goes away. So I will be brief here about this hero yeah. because yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think this part of the episode will have longevity if you are playing Why do you say that, with codices because because we have been very vocal about our distaste for this hero and i just yeah. i hope it goes away so anyways uh there's a lot going on here you discard a law great the big thing here is other players cannot resolve abilities during this action the main thing that that applies to is other people cannot sabotage your action cards during yep. this so it yep. is generally wise which is it's funny too because this this in a way nerfs the commander itself because it's like oh i can i can play a writer uh and uh not and then yeah. still get to it's vote like, who cares or about your commander? i can just yeah. wait for my hero and yep. pop all of my riders all at once with reckless abandon um, so it kind of it kind of negates i mean obviously there are sometimes reasons you need to pop that rider sooner but why not get the guarantee in round three or four the or whatever? Yeah. So the other thing here is it's it's kind of a technical process. This becomes an entire phase of the game <laughs> that we do this thing because essentially everybody usually lays out all five because there's not really a reason to keep them all in your hand. You can, but like it's you're going to discard them all. They're all going to be public knowledge no matter what you do. So just lay them out on the table and then you're going to pick two. Uh, now, the important thing to this for newer players is that means you are resolving the agenda, which means technically you can quash these agendas. Uh -huh. And this is where the grossness of this hero. Exactly. So let's let's get past this part. The idea that a lot of people do with extra and is not necessarily the worst idea in the world strategically, but it is uh, not fun and not cool and super lame <laughs> is you do this and then you you put as many tokens as you can into your strategy pool. You save up tokens all game until you can just pop this hero and then you fish for agendas that grant victory points. And you can 
the the dream, the Micmac Moose thing that we've seen happen in a tournament game is you reveal two agendas, both of which that net you individual victory points, and you play an Imperial Rider on one of those agendas, and you get a three point swing because you won a roulette wheel. You you just you got super lucky with the card draw, and you can quash through until you find those. Uh, as long as, you, but the the reality is, generally speaking, there's like something around what like 30 to 50 agendas that you don't know where what they're going to be so you really right. are just digging a hole and hoping a victory point pops out so yeah and sometimes to, it does sometimes it does sometimes and it does. it's a big deal and but then, hey and then you win do you feel big do you feel cool for doing that i would say generally no it's a fun thing here's the thing here here, here i don't want to discredit this too much because for like a first game that's a hilarious fun thing that happened yeah and if you mm-hmm. don't care too much about the win being earned or whatever then that's fun, and I think this is a great, huge thematic hero. But in tournaments, it's uh, kind of a big bummer <laughs> when it yeah. just is this. <laughs> it it uh Matt, you kind of mentioned the the Micmac Moose game. I actually think that game is not yeah is is an example of this being fine in that Moose kind of played very 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 good yeah um and then like on top of playing super well right. Just like got the magic, yes. like jackpot. Moose was probably winning that game without this hero, and instead won this game like three hours early, and everybody got yeah. to go home. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, so in 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 that one outcome, and in, in that specific tournament game, which is a, a a cool, it's a fun game to watch. Um, it's fine. The problem is that once you see this outcome, like your fourth time, yeah. You kind of feel like you never want to see it again. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem right. with it, is it's very exciting at first, and then it's right. like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, and we now, again. let's strategically, let's dig into it. All right, we, we've covered all the components, let's do some synthesis here, and I want to start yeah, with ahead, this hero, it. because it's going to paint the rest of this guide, which is to say, you can play the way I just described, which is like, kind of piddle your way through an extra game, but save all of your tokens, and hope you hope you roll good. Hope I yeah, draw the right cards. Yeah, get to seven cards. points. Yeah. Hope, hope to win the, the RNG. You won't have any fun, and you won't feel proud of your win. <laughs> it's a way to maybe right. win a game, but strategically, it's actually not doing you any favors, because here's the big thing about quashing the hero is that the quashing can screw you over just as often as it nets you anything good because there are plenty of agendas that aren't necessarily like an amazing thing that can happen for you either way oh yeah like especially think about the agendas where it's like kill all the infantry on a planet and then you gain trade goods there's like two or three of those or whatever um those agendas when, when you quash an agenda you're you're locking in that i'm doing wherever i end up with this agenda i've i've revealed five agendas i've chosen two to resolve i am now engaging in the resolving process and i'm beginning the quashing which means if i run out of command counters whatever agenda i'm left with that's the one i'm just doing so right i contend it is better to look at the five agendas and go which of these two are actually benefits for me and can impact my game in a meaningful way sometimes you don't get two right i have had uh, hero draws where one of them great I'm going to do that one the other four not great so I am going to go ahead and quash and try to find something better not I'm not yeah. fishing for a point but I am fishing for like a better agenda so it's not right. that I hate the idea of ever quashing any agenda but use it uh, within reason because guess what extra is not that bad at this game anymore that agent is quite good 
uh, and this hero can get you some benefits and you can pop it really, really early, especially if you can, like, you're really good at scoring round one these days, depending on the objective, of course, but like, right. you can score round that one, agent. which means you can unlock your hero quite early and you are much better off, like, popping your hero in round three for some potential long-term benefits that carry you through the late game and if you're not burning all of your command tokens on a quash for the roulette you can use those tokens to score points and do things and actually have a fun game so there's many 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 reasons to not just try to spin to, to, to go gambling gambling isn't fun and it's actually like strategically not in your interest because it's gonna fail more times than it succeeds i will say we see extra score one point off of the hero decently often uh, is, is yeah. the, I mean, in I played two test games just this last week as extra, and I got Seed of an Empire both times. I got a point off the hero Whoa. off the top without even digging for it, I'm pretty sure. Maybe one of the times I dug for it. I don't really exactly remember, but I definitely got a victory point both times I did the hero without even trying. And, and, and in fact, intentionally hoping to avoid it. Like, I was very much like, I'm going to play this game as if my hero doesn't net me any points, and it's just going to net me agenda abilities. Um, and still got points. And yeah, you should take them when you get them. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Pick the one that they give you points. That welcome to Space Cats, Beast Turtles. We got a lot of cool strategy advice. Uh, take the one with the points. That's kind of a cool one we got here. Uh, so okay, then let's talk about if we are not leaning on this hero. It's an okay hero. Uh, that can get us some stuff, but instead we're leaning on like, we can have an incredibly good early game because our agent rules. We can have a pretty good mid game with the right setup and we can maybe likely hold it out in the late game, um, especially because we have a lot of defensive capabilities. We can we can lock up a game if we have to. Um, so extra, pretty good faction in Prophecy of Kings, even without a broken hero that sometimes just grants you a win <laughs> in the end. Uh, so what are the tools that get us to that point? Um, we talked about the flagship round one. I don't know that I always think it's worth it round one, but the the general idea is you got three bucks at home. You can earn some trade goods. You can Let's assume you get three trade goods from your four commodities. Okay, we got six bucks. All I need is a two resource planet somewhere else and I'm building my flagship. I don't, I think that's way too much investment. And generally speaking, like if there's any spendy objective or anything else, like you're probably doing that instead anyways. So I would rather invest in kind of like a normal spread of plastic. Um, and even more so, I'd rather do tech and a little bit of plastic because next round I'm going to have even more money because I expanded and stuff. So I can just build my flagship round two and I'm not going to be any worse off. So I do not think you need to rush for the flagship round one, but I think it's pretty wise to go ahead and build that thing round two, especially if you've got a forward dock. If you put a if you put a forward space dock off a of construction in the middle of your slice, yeah. Plop, plop a flagship right down in the middle. You love to have that flagship camping in the middle of your slice. It's also kind of fun to park it next to Mechatol, uh, but that is a is a much better way to see it get blown up by somebody who's tired of it being in their way. Um, so that flagship is generally better defensively, just parked safely inside of your slice, than it is like on the fringes being mean all game long. I don't think you can withstand the heat of uh, being aggressive towards a neighbor all game long. I don't think they have that in their arsenal. Also, flagships are points for exactly. other players. Exactly. Uh, for that one secret objective, you know, and that's something that someone wants be to kill considered. that flagship. So the, yeah. the further you put its neck out there, the more likely it is to die. Um, yeah, I feel like the whole like use the flagship to uh, shoot people going into Mechatol Rex has kind of like gone out of favor yeah. in general because yeah. it's just not the same punch that it used to be. Right. So yeah. yeah. Um. So thinking about Tech Path, um, Extra is actually like very 
versatile these days. Not in the way that Jolnar is versatile, where it's like, hey, Jolnar can literally do anything and be good at all of it. Um, but extra right. like does have options. The big thing here is I'm not going to explicitly say blue tech or bust, but like, hey, if you have a blue skip, blue blue tech or bust. Like, first off, uh, Gravity Drive is an amazing tech for you because the ability to in the late game use that flagship aggressively. That that has benefits as like a fun, you know, in round five going and pulling yeah. off some stuff. Yeah, the yeah. extra can be, but it's not going to do that without gravity drive because that's the only way to improve the movement value of that flagship reliably. Um, so a blue skip into gravity drive and carrier two, I think, is a, a great way to be. Um, but uh, without the blue skip, it's probably too much of an investment. I, I don't tech that often as extra. You can afford to. And the big thing is your agent always makes your money spending easier because it is a it's a stall and also it's like okay i'll just go ahead and do a build first action second action refresh a planet that then i can spend on tech when tech pops um, but what that usually means is i think every single round of the game extra is talking to the various strategy card holders and just trying to figure out when things are going to happen because that the fact that it takes an action to flip one of your planets so that you can double spend it is like right. a bit of logistics you have to get ahead of or you'll you'll accidentally refresh your planet and never have a chance to spend it again or whatever yeah sort of like i mean earlier i talked about the uh, you could spin archon ran uh in order to get a command counter and that's something that's yeah that's cool to do but then uh if you do that uh if leadership pops first action and you do that you have one resource for Right. A little bit, which is probably not great. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Round one, that's a, that's especially rough, but it gives us the flexibility to do things like um, we if, if we took Diplo round one, you can follow an early leadership, which leadership almost never pops early round one anyways. But like you can generally get a token, flip it back with the agent or Diplo get another planet into, I mean, you're going to, you're essentially going to flip three planets this turn with Diplo and your agent somewhere in there. You can work out making sure you have money for tech and making sure you have money for like a carrier or something. Um, also though, with Diplo, you don't necessarily have to build that second carrier because you can take two planets and then take a decent other planet with Diplo and your peace accords. And you can instead maybe build some cruisers, depending on what's going to happen. Because, hey, guess what? It's one of the very, very few times I think Cruiser 2 is pretty good. Uh, because here's Whoa. the thing about Extra. Is if we have a green skip or a yellow skip, Cruiser 2 is easy to get very fast. Because we start with a yellow tech. And uh, if we can research Cruiser 2 in round 2 fast enough to also use those cruiser twos we can get aggressive board states that are not wildly difficult to defend like we said if we built some mechs and cruisers and then we at some point were able to build our flagship within our slice as well cruisers are cheap units and you start with two of them <laughs> so you're already like on the way there and i know it sounds like i'm saying a lot like oh, i'm gonna tech both rounds or maybe even like double tech round one or something and i'm gonna build my flagship and build a couple more cruisers and mechs that sounds like a lot yeah. but the agent gets you a lot of money like it's it's three extra bucks if you dip load a single time it's even more money like you actually can set yourself up in ways where you can afford that much you can come out at a screaming pace as the extra in rounds one and two and and accomplish quite a lot now does that happen every single game absolutely not is it a reliable strategy no I, there were multiple times i wanted 
to go cruiser two as fast as possible, and then the objectives stalled me out. Oh, it's a spendy. Well, I better I, I better score that point instead of buying all this extra stuff that isn't going to actually right. net me points at this juncture. So sometimes the objectives just get in your way, but it's not a horrible tech path. And I would say in general, AI dev is a pretty good tech for extra. Psycho arc can work as well, but I like AI dev because I like... Uh, you know, let's especially with a yellow skip. A yellow skip is probably my favorite thing to have as an extra because I can yellow skip to null field kind of whenever I want. But I can also AI dev uh, into cruiser two. I can AI dev into destroyer two, and then that's like a very gummy sort of scenario. Like lots of cruisers and destroyers that then null field can be sort of this like weird threat. I tried that a lot of times, and I do want to say even though I think it's a cool idea, it never worked out the way I want because at the end of the day, nullification field is a use once per round thing. Right. So your gum isn't actually like paying dividends for you or doing anything extreme. But I do think the cruiser twos can fire off early early enough that it that it does something meaningful. If you aren't getting those cruiser twos in round two, it's probably not worth it, and you should just take a slower somewhat lamer tech path because the cruiser twos just aren't going to be meaningful enough. You're not going to get the stuff you wanted to get out of them. People are going to get set up too well, usually. Uh, I don't know, pay attention to your neighbors, though. If you see them leaving stuff open, then yeah, keep going for cruiser two, I guess. But you're probably going to be better off getting plastic on the board uh, than a bunch of tech you don't necessarily need. Yeah, I feel like cruiser two is also like, once you get into the late game, it's just like, I don't know, yeah. they just fall apart. No, They're they do. They clumsy. definitely do. It's it's not an investment for the late game. If you're getting Cruiser 2, it's because you're using it this round to accomplish something that's a bigger deal right now. Uh, also, it's a high influence ask because yes. we're talking about having uh, a fleet made up of a lot of small ships. So that means we need to have a high fleet. Pool I, I had a game where I literally had the perfect extra slice, tons of influence. Tons. Mm -hmm. I had like I had, I could reliably buy three command counters every single round, and I had a yellow skip, and I had a green skip. Still couldn't make the strategy work because the objectives got in the way. We had both ah. spendies come out. We I had to spend eight resources and spade in spend eight influence, and it's just like that's too much to then be able to like go crazy on all this other stuff. I can't afford everything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about um, just the faction tech in general? I. I you you brought up instinct training and null field yeah, in two different again it's if you got the skips for them they are probably worth having in the end game um it's a thing where it's like i'll research it in round four leading into round five so that hopefully it saves my butt but i'm not rushing for either of them ever so i'm hoping for the skips if i don't get the skips i'm probably not getting the tech because it's too far down the path I don't want to go down. If I don't have any yeah. skips, honestly, I don't know what you do. You probably do blue tech because it's kind of the quickest way to accomplish anything meaningful. But honestly, it'll just totally depend on your game. Um, it's it's hard to say. Sometimes you just go AI dev anyways because two unit upgrades comes out and it's your fastest way to get some unit upgrades. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you have a clean tech path if you have no tech skips. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough to imagine a no tech skip situation. You don't even have a path right now for no tech no, skips. No, I don't. Uh, and and red yeah. honestly doesn't feel that much different. Red is like, okay, you probably get Psycho Arc and still do the Cruiser 2 Gambit, and then you probably lean more into PDS 2. But that Oof. is a path that relies way more on like, well, I hope your slice is enough. Anything that relies on heavy defenses is you begging the game to uh, screw you over in the late game and not give you points yeah. within your own slice. That's why we talk about mobility so much in this game is because mobility is what allows you to score points you didn't just already, you weren't already sitting on. You right. have to do that sometimes in Twilight Imperium. And Extra doesn't have easy tools 
to do those things. You have great yeah. tools for economic objectives. If you just get a, a economic objectives, you definitely can make it work just sitting in your slice. But the second those control objectives come out, you've got to find aggressive things to do, and it's hard. Isn't it funny that Dane gave uh, the Skuskucha um, instinct training, and then when it came time for the hero... Dane just said, well, other people can't resolve abilities, yeah. even though you don't need instinct already training. they had instinct training that would be like the perfect answer yeah. to if someone tried to sabotage your Imperial Rider, you would just have to get it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of interesting. Could have been, just a, like kind of been a, a plan thing. that you did, but instead you're constantly stepping on your own toes with your it's abilities. It's almost like Dane, Dane was like, I want, I just want the Skacha to be so good, yeah. you know. I just want it to work. <laughs> I just I want, want it to work. To be and I anymore. I put too I much effort it, in I... base game, and so I'm gonna make it to where the stuff in in uh in POK doesn't require that much effort. Which hey, and it gets used. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is use. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't love either of the faction techs. Um. They they can help out, but uh, I think game long you're you are very good economically you have great commodities you don't have like a research agreement kind of thing that everybody's pining for but right. you with your four commodities and like your early cruisers and stuff you are a part of most trade deliberations you almost always get your money um and when you mm -hmm. take trade you can make a lot of money off a of trade that's where the diplo thing really kind of doesn't work out for me because uh i don't know like in a typical x minus one meta which doesn't have to be typical. Your group can play without it, but when that happens, like I'm making more money off a of trade <laughs> than I am off a of Diplo. Um, the only way Diplo becomes better than trade for extra is when, first off, if you can take a planet round one, and then in later rounds, it's if you got good explorers that gave you really good attachments, making super juicy planets. Um, but that's you know that's completely up in the air. But you're good. You're good at negotiations. You're good at trading. Um, I like taking trade and diplo often you don't need diplo though because of the agent it is actually quite difficult to time things out where it's like i'm going to build out a two space docks and do tech and in between all of that pop diplo and use my agent like that's too many actions to, to right. work out you know what i mean so people talk about this again we get in our heads theoretically about like how much extra money extra can have but mm -hmm. It's not usable unless it's for a spend objective. They're super good at spend objectives because what you can do is do everything you were going to do in the round anyways, then pop Diplo or pop your agent, you know, use your agent to get some of that money back and you're ready to do the spendies in the status phase. What you're not right. so good at is like building out of two space stocks and doing tech because you need everything to work out in exactly the right order for that to be viable. So you're great at spend stage, or your, your stage one spend objectives and even the, the, the stage twos. That doesn't mean you're an economic powerhouse for all intents and purposes. Yeah, because the economic powerhouse stuff has more to do with these planets and less to do with like just like the Hakan just having yeah. or Hakan or Empyrean of just like having trade goods. Exactly. Trade goods are just a uh, you know it's a it's a little point you got in your pocket. You can do whatever you want with it. You can take it home to the bank or whatever. Right. But with all this stuff locked up in planets, we got weird timing stuff we have to consider. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really like it. I don't really like taking Diplo. I th I think extra is at their best whenever. Um, they have some like really cool attachment planet that yeah. they can use their agent on for like sure. frequently just to get like a lot of value out of it for sure um so the other uh strategy cards that we're super looking out for though is of course 
leadership because command counters are always important to us kind of no matter what yep. we're doing if yep. we're planning to research any faction tech we're gonna need extra command counters if we're planning to do anything weird with our hero we're gonna need command counters if we ever want to be able to quash we got uh, you just you need command counters to do anything um so leadership is always good but especially we want to control the speaker token we have to now that's a normal thing that's everybody wants to do that but extra definitely gets some extra benefit out of it. First off, we love Draenor action cards because if if we can get riders to pop when we do our hero, then that's awesome. That's even more huge economic benefit that we get. So drawing action cards isn't bad. I'm not going to research neural motivator for it. That's that's out of the way. But taking politics as often as possible to get a bunch of extra action card draws probably will pay off for you. Additionally, controlling what agendas go on top of the deck you what the, the thing everybody talks about is you pop the hero the round you took politics because you can do politics get a look at two agendas and instead you uh -huh. essentially get to look at seven agendas if you want or need to instead of just the five your hero is going to get because you get to look at two i had a game where i got to look at two and see that seed of empire was in fact on top and i got to keep it on top and then go from there i didn't have to do that right like it was on top i was going to get it off the hero anyways but if it hadn't been if it'd been two stinkers of agendas i can bury those to the bottom and get right. a better hero draw not only that though i can take it all game long because i'm still pretty good in the agenda phase <laughs> so controlling what agendas hit i can make a lot of things work out in my favor now getting yourself elected for everything probably not going to happen the table doesn't want to just let extra win every single minister agenda right but all the fours and against agendas those are probably going in the way that you want them to go because you, you're going to form some sort of coalition you usually only need like one other person on your side to succeed in an agenda so you Ugh. like seeing the agenda card deck you, you you like taking politics for many many reasons but especially in the long run uh basically extra is sort of like nalu which is just to say if you are pretty good at the game and you're good at keeping pace with everybody else you also have this thing that might just help you win in the end you might just get a point off of the hero and that's all it took to tip the scales completely into your favor you have like the chance of a guac that everybody else doesn't necessarily have ac access to guac being that that tenth point you need to clinch it extra can find that stuff pretty often and even when you don't find it you find other abilities so it's i i think of extra like a lesser nalu in the in that late game sense they're obviously better than nalu in every other sense economically and all these things they're they're better than nalu but they don't have the clincher uh like nalu does but it's not that far off of it so sometimes you just stroll into a win i mean my, my yeah. the, the game that i won i won because it became a win slaying conversation it was welp matt got pretty lucky off the hero they've now locked it up for the late game uh we could stop them but actually if we stop them brian just wins and then the table just sort of put their hands up and said, well, then we're not going to take part in that. It, it was literally that that classic endeavor, right, of one of them wins, so why would we change fate or whatever? Um, right, so, and you were just first to win. And I just was first to win. Lucky me. Uh, the, the hero popped at the right time. But Oh, well, so that sounds like you didn't even really win. Thanks, honey. You know? that, as if I wasn't saying it to myself. <laughs> well, here, Matt, let's go back in the edit. Yeah. Hey, Matt, this is just a, don't leave this in, Matt. Don't, don't, I, I, they don't need to hear this. So let's go back in the edit and uh -huh. let's make sure we take out the part where you said that you won. Yeah, and okay. it's re let's it. replace it yeah. with saying that you lost only. Right, right. And that you're a yeah. bad. Are, are you I'm writing that down? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm writing you're, that down. You're taking that now. Good, good. Okay, I, so we go back I'm and we bad say, like, at you the game poo -poo. and don't deserve happiness. Cool. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Okay, uh, and now back into the show. Yes, you, you're okay. gonna you're gonna take that out, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking that out. So 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 the yeah, end okay. point oh, here. Wait, to hey, every... real quick before before we go back in, you suck. Anyways, oh, let's go you. back. Uh, so, the... <laughs> so take all that out. <laughs> the uh, I guess the last point to all this is it's you can do a lot as extra. You have a lot of things that can fit under your umbrella, but it's hard to excel at any of them. You can cover yeah. all the bases and be in a position to maybe win the game, but it doesn't mean you uh, have a way to reach out really well and score those last points. If you've got a win locked up in the rest of the game, you can secure it. You can hold on to that with with good defenses, decent enough faction tech, graviton laser systems can save your butt. You can do a lot. It doesn't mean yeah. you're super great at always racing when you don't have the win. When, when you, You're not one of those factions that finds a win where you aren't being granted it anyways. But you are a faction where when you get lucky enough, you can definitely lock it in and, and just completely you know, make it to where you win and no, nobody else can do anything else about it. Yeah, it's kind of madness, like, talking about, like, how good they are at this point. Right. Because it's just kind of like, I mean, I think there's a lot of things about their their kit that's kind of lackluster. Um, and then, like, some things that are, that are good. And then there's just this, like, big question mark yep. of, like, how the whole roulette thing <laughs> plays out. And a lot of times that's what, what gives them the extra juice to win. Yep. So it, I, it's just, it's so weird. I would say that extra ranges from being the best uh, faction in the game uh, to one of uh, the the one of the more bad, but not the worst. Yep. They don't they don't range in quality. I wouldn't put them from like one to twenty four, but it, maybe it's like one to like sixteen. Uh -huh. That's a lot of ground. <laughs> a lot of ground. But to I would cover. say they're at. <laughs> yeah. Where did we put them in the tier list? I genuinely don't even remember or care actually, but. They were glass cannon, maybe. Oh, in glass cannon or not? Uh, needs the seventh player. Oh, probably that. One huh? of those. Yeah. One of those two. But it doesn't matter. I mean, because it was definitive then. It's sure. not definitive now. Now <laughs> it's, it's over. Definitive. <laughs> now that's over, and what's definitive is what we have to say right now. Yeah, because uh, hey, guess what? Titans have turned it around, buddy. Let me tell you that much. There's some Titans stuff happening this tournament. I've, apparently, I, I so I've been told. I don't know. I would never. in the qualifiers yeah. in the qualifiers, which as we all know is like kind of uh, the bare knuckle uh, boxing <laughs> of of Twilight Imperium. The street is the fighting qualifier. of Twilight. You're Imperium. out there. You know. You know. You're with the. You're you're with the common folk. Yeah. You know. And then when we get to the prelims, it's it's a little more regal. And then once we get to the semifinals, it's it's. I want to very... be clear. Hunter's telling a joke. There is no discernible difference between the prelims and the qualifiers, and I will not let people think we mean that in earnest. I'm not no. When you get slide. to the prelims, it's a whole different story. <laughs> it's a whole different story. You'll see. Yeah. You'll see this yeah. year. It's going to be different. Okay. It's going to be different. Uh, let's take a quick little break and then let's kind of wrap all this up. That was it. That was number 24. That was our 17th base game faction we that we wrapped up. We did it. Let's take a break. What's up? We're back. Hello. Uh, okay, we've done it. Let's, uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do, what do we, what, how is, how did this feel for you, Hunter? How do you feel? Um, I feel good. It was, uh, it was, I think, important for us to sort of recenter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think the project of the preliminary guides was a success. We got through talking about all of the factions again way faster yeah. um, than I think it would have taken us in the past. Uh, we are now, I would say, at a point where I feel like we have properly introduced 
the Prophecy of Kings expansion. <laughs> it only took a year and a couple months. It only <laughs> took like a year and four months to just like, oh, we've pro now we have introduced the expansion to everyone. Now we I can start talking like... about the game, the capital G yeah. game. Now we can really start talking about the game. Because <laughs> it was, we really had to like bring you back up to speed, you know, with uh, Prophecy of Kings coming out, For you months. know, and, and, that, and that came out in, what was that, November, November of? November of 2019, 2020, sorry. 2020, yeah, yeah 2020. not 2019. That'd be crazy. Um, so here we are, you know, a year and and six months ish, oh four months, yeah. four months later, right? A year and four months later, and we've said the introduction has now reached its conclusion. Yes. So now we can kind of enter the body of the <laughs> argument that this is a game and that it should be played. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Um, we are not sure if it should is a game and should be played yet. But right. We are entering the first paragraph. That's what the next three, f f four, four years will cover. I believe at some point we will kind of have a handle on the game. The closing but remarks a, decade, that's going to be a wild decade. The you know? closing <laughs> remarks decade. Yes, that's correct. I do believe that Space Cats Peace Turtles will take so long to reach its fruition uh -huh. that our earthly human bodies will likely not survive the ordeal <laughs> and that we will have to choose successors. Yeah, this, well, think. no, it's not successors. It's that this this uh, podcast is wholly reliant on the singularity being true and that we can at oh, some point just digitize all of our consciences until we all understand Twilight Imperium at the exact same level and come to a singularity consensus on whether or not Twilight Imperium is a good game worth playing. When talking about legacy, you know, <laughs> I think one of the things that I want for me, for my brain, uh -huh. when I, when my brain is just a thing, you know, that can be looked at, I want people to look at my brain and find that there's so much Twilight Imperium in it that it's, that, that, that it's not considered good like that <laughs> like, like what they did in the 70s when they discovered that smoking is bad for your lungs you want them to cut open your brain and be like oh this was not okay this is There's, not the right color it's really not the right weight at all i There's would, way I would too much like twilight imperium in here i would like there to be so much twilight imperium in my brain that the that i grow another lobe you know <laughs> Another lobe in the brain, a special Twilight Imperium lobe that forms in my brain uh -huh. because there's so much Twilight Imperium in it that the brain just starts growing more space right. in it. Right. You know? Well, and at some so, point, at some point, Hunter will be old men and our brains will start no. erasing other information. You know what I mean? Like that's going yeah. to happen. Things will get replaced with Twilight yep. Imperium. Hopefully that yep. hasn't happened yet. Probably has. But like right. we will start to lose stuff and and we, it, we might get to the point where our brains are only Twilight Imperium and all oh. other information has been lost. I hope so. Um <laughs> so so where are we going from here? This is we finished an arc of the show. Um we have a tournament coming up. We like to do it we do a tournament arc every coming year. Up. This is like <laughs> Well, we're in it, but yeah. it's it's you know, it's going to be heating up. Sure. It's going to be, you know, once we get to the semifinals, it gets hot, hot, sure. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll have 36 players. There, of course, will be an invitational two to think about. But in the what Space Cats Peace Turtles is, I think it's time uh, for us to really kind of deep dive 
uh-huh. I think would be uh, interesting because we've been so general and we've just kind of been on the surface for so long. Uh, and I think it's time for us to deep dive into oh, okay. TI. Finally into actually like start of- digging into it a little bit as opposed to yeah. what we've been doing. So um, let's talk about, let's, let's, let's put the future over here actually for a little bit. Let's, let's not talk about the future. Let's talk about the past for a little bit. Oh. Um, what are some things that we gleaned from doing uh, this project? Right. What has changed about the game? Uh, I feel like Matt, uh, we both are in agreement that scoring round one mm-hmm. has become such a high priority right. because the pace of the game has has sped up. It's something that just kept coming back. In right. every preliminary oh, no. guide, right. there would just be this stressing on you got to score round one. Right. And the factions that can always score round one are always good. And the factions that sometimes can't score round one are not always good. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. If the goal of the preliminary guides was to just update the old guides, the thing that changed for so many factions is that question of whether or not they can or cannot score round one and what they can or cannot score round one. So what are you hoping for in the start of a game? Yeah. So I think that is definitely a defining characteristic now when we are commentating or playing TI is we sit down and we look at all the factions at the table and we look at the objectives that come up and we go, who's on pace? Who's who can right. do it? If someone, right. cause what, what, what you now look at with every single game is if you score every single round and you get Imperial to happen and you score all your other points, you can win at the round end of round four reliably plenty mm-hmm. often. And, and anything else is slowing you down and forcing you into round five and then round six. So that's like what you're always keeping an eye on with any particular faction is like how on pace are you? So that when we talk about a faction being bad, we're not talking about them not being fun. We're not talking about anything like that. We're really just saying, can they score round one? And can they continue to score objectives reliably for, for all of the four or five rounds of the game? And that's really yeah. all it comes down to. Yeah, I find that... Um, Maybe maybe a, another element of this to explore might be that the idea of taking Imperial and catching up on points you didn't score yeah. has become, I think, a little more difficult. Right. Um, in base game, there were a lot of, I would say, very passive objectives that were easily comboed together. Um, and those objectives still obviously exist. So in that situation where those come out, then yeah, the, then you can chain those together and accomplish both of them in one round yeah. okay so i'm not like take a look take a little bit of salt with this but i think a lot of the newer stage one objectives um they're not easy to combo with right. a bunch they require all, like almost too much focus so it's more difficult to say take imperial and then double score with uh with these various things um tech objectives are still very great for double scoring but think about how often the tech objectives came up in a base game versus now right. in POK. Right. Um, and yeah, I just think a lot of the POK stage ones are like, they're just not easy to do that and also another right. one so that you can use Imperial to catch up. Uh, so the other thing is like messing up with Imperial, messing up your um, your secret tempo, yes. I feel like just seems more critical. Um, so like you have to be careful about how you are planning your round five Mm -hmm. what kind of array of points there are because sometimes you actually score a point you didn't need to what do i mean by that if you need a stage two in order to win then you don't need to be at nine points in round five right that ninth point was actually pointless for you because you needed a stage two for those two points so what you don't need to 11 points that's one point you didn't need to score right basically right 
Yeah, you don't win harder because you got 11 points. Um, yes. I, I also like the notion, too, of it feels like Imperial has stopped being this thing where you, like, get to sandbag around and then come back. It's like everyone is at a screaming uh, race. Like, every, everyone is just going, going, going. Everybody's foots are on yeah. the pedals. Yeah. And so Imperial, more often, the player who wins is, like, the player who popped Imperial at some point and it kept pushing them further and further and further ahead versus like the idea that you can slow play it and then pop an Imperial and catch yourself back up into the race and, and then yeah. win. That, that's not to say like nobody ever wins from behind. Obviously people win from behind, but when we talk about winning from ahead or behind these days, we don't mean in your raw point value. We mean in your raw point potential. <laughs> you are never behind if you've done a support swap and you have guac. You are not behind in in a game if that has happened to you, unless you've scored no objectives, right? Like if, if it's round three yeah, and you sure. scored any public, yeah. then you're behind. We, we are not talking about your victory point total almost ever anymore. It's all about your raw potential of scoring. Yeah, where you can get to, and especially where you can get to around round five it is cool that round four victories are possible Uh, i think it's like if anything i i think it would be cool if people found more ways to win on round four yeah um just because when you win on round four it doesn't matter what the speaker order was on round five like that uh influencing factor is shaken up by the idea of a round four victory because generally if if someone wins on round four doesn't have anything to do with what their speaker order was on right. round four. It has everything to do with how many points they were able to rack up. Right. Um, we can talk about tech a little bit. Um, obviously, blue tech is still really important. We yep. had a lot of pre- prelim episodes in a row where it just felt like the tech section of the episode was us just saying, like, go blue, yep. get blue tech. Um, and I think that's just a natural result of the fact that blue tech is the, the best tech tree, the, right. the, the best path. Um, sorry, that's that's true. Um, and the fact that Dane wisely made it easier to just like kind of dance around mm-hmm. with tech. Right. So like, I think that that's just a natural result of that. Um, and I think it's better. I think this is this world that we're in now is better than what we were in before, sure. because now you are at least freed up to try weird things more often. Right. But it still does not change the underlying fact that blue is just the best right. that we got. Right. Yeah, the, the big thing is Dark Energy Tap was and Sling Relay were added, and both of That's those true. are top-tier are techs really good, yeah. for their levels, mm-hmm. and not every, not every other path got that, and Blue was already the best, so it's like, Blue feels better than ever, and it's almost because even within its goodness, there is also versatility, right? Like, I yeah. can, not only is Blue gonna, like, net me good things, but I can also dance around just within Blue and achieve good things and get a lot out of it. So, um, and, and like we said earlier during the extra part of this episode, the reason Blue Tech is good is because mobility is your way to find a victory you didn't otherwise have. The mm-hmm. other, all of the wins, and, and I think the metas that have a trouble with us being like, well, Blue Tech is so good, their their big fallback is is like well what how aggressive is your meta because if if you're letting people not letting I shouldn't word it like that but like if if people are winning because they just like lock things up in their slice sounds to me like somebody with mobility didn't get inside of that slice well enough like you should not be able to win off of defensive abilities alone 
um, because yeah. that would mean the game really handed away too many points to the person that won that, right? If you didn't have to do and anything. That I mean, and that does happen. Let's be clear. That's, that's what happens the to extra when they win quite often is right. that they were just right. handed points that let, allow them to win. The seventh um, player showed up and was like, I think this yeah. is this sounds like another good day for extra. Right. Um, yeah. Um, let's get... Let's go. Let's let's get some uh, some BTS, some behind the scenes going on. Um, this is a big question, and it's on the outline. I'm just reading it. Jeez. Is writing guides healthy for Matt? So Matt, was it healthy for you? Okay. To do Should we this? talk about how this question came up? Because uh, a conversation happened on the up? Discord the other day. Oh uh, yeah. Where in it, I was complaining about the extra guide a little bit. And yeah. I said, I'm just so sick of writing guides. I'm just so tired of it. And I don't know yeah. if you listen to this show, but uh, most of the show is is uh, guides and writing guides. Right. And so right. for me to be like, I don't like writing guides can very easily sound like, I don't like doing Space Cats, Peace Turtles. That's not the case. Right. That's, That's what it sounded like to me. I know. And I, and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter got worried. So no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me summarize my feelings. And I think this is a good transition of how to talk about what we want and hope to do going forward with uh, structure of episodes and we've talked about it plenty uh, but we this is just a this is a good episode to sort of re drive home those points um so uh, the reason writing guides is hard for me is because i put a very naive pressure on myself to win i must win and if i do not win it means i am bad and sometimes yeah. folks out there without even meaning to or maybe meaning to, I don't know. I don't know how mean you are, <laughs> but without meaning to say things that let my negative Nancy brain drive that point even more. Well, I didn't, I didn't win. I didn't win, which means I, you didn't I'm win. not good, which means this guide is worthless. How worthless. Of, and when people disagree with a guide, I try really hard to like take in the stuff, but sometimes people disagree with basic points that I made and are just like, nope, that is wrong. And it's like, Okay, I don't know how I don't know how or why, but I guess I'm wrong and I guess I'm bad and I should feel bad. Uh, and so you should feel bad. That's... I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you're that... gonna cut that out, right? <laughs> cut out. That is the part of this show that I have to get uh, better at. Right? Is the like, hey, uh, you're a podcaster. You are not a professional <laughs> Twilight Imperium tournament player or winner. Yeah, that, 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 that doesn't exist. Gig by the way yeah Just exactly by the way that doesn't exist the thing the thing that i pretend that i'm supposed to be doesn't even exist so why would I? it's not yet esports y'all yeah. we need some outside there it's gonna take yeah. it's gonna take more than the the two of us to turn twilight imperium into esports <laughs> do we want it you're dang right we do <laughs> we'll do it we will keep insisting every year that this is esports yeah. but until doritos calls us up <laughs> it's not really esports is it i need a until coffee Dew, sponsorship now <laughs> Right. Until Mountain Dew shows up on our front door being like, it's time for, you know, Imperium fuel. Yeah. Then it's not esports. Right. Then. I'm sorry. It's, it takes a lot of money to make esports. You can't just do it, you know, <laughs> so, can't just do it the podunk way we're doing exactly. it. Exactly. The point, realistically, and what I feel like I've been striving for this whole time is to stop having the show be about my exact thoughts of what is good or bad and more about, uh, seeing a consensus form within some form of the community not the entire com community never the entire community that's impossible uh but right. the reason we started doing a tournament in the first place 
is because Hunter and I were playing with our local group. This was before TTS was huge or anything. We started the first tournament like not long after the mod like started to become like decently active, right? So the tournament was born out of the idea of like, we just, we have to see other people play and we need to see people trying to play for keeps, trying to play for the win. So the tournament is just sort of a vessel for that. It's not right. to actually crown the de facto best player in the world. It's to get to see as many games as possible and right. see what kind of trends we can find. No, the statistics will never be st like significant, but we can still see things happen and see how the metas shift and what changes over time. And, and that's what this show is supposed to be about, is like a glimpse at at least some aspects of the community, which means I got to get out of my own head <laughs> and think that the guides are about me because they're not. And right. that's why pre errata exists is like, right. let's just talk about these things and form some sort of competing ideologies and see what sticks and what doesn't and, and go from there. So that's my goal going forward is to quit yeah. thinking about myself. So gall darn much. Yeah. Quit thinking about you like, the, yeah, yeah. Just like to, to the extent um, that it is. So, so, I think like there's an expectation uh, that we put on ourselves in order to do the show, which is that there are 24 factions yeah. and that we each need to uh, split them up. And we haven't even split them up in the same configuration each time, no. which would have been like more efficient. Uh, we've split them up in different configurations. So the idea is basically that we would, the two of us would master the entire game uh, and playing every single faction. Uh, and that is not an expectation that anyone else in the world <laughs> has. has for themselves. <laughs> and you might try to, you might hear me say this and you're like, ooh, well, I want to get online and type and say, actually, I am good at all 24 factions. Um, if it's true, we will have no way of knowing that. Yeah. I mean, you would have to start a Space Cats Peace Turtles, essentially, right. in order to prove that you have that level, like I do not have the time to confirm if you say that. So you can right. say that if you want. And in fact, I would encourage every listener to say right now, hi, I am good at every single faction right. in the game and I've mastered it entirely. Right. If you want, go right. ahead and say that. <laughs> go ahead, there go will, ahead and try. We do not, there will be no way to confirm that that is true right. for you. Well, and, and I would argue that that's how we get to things like just how often we're just like, oh, just do blue tech because that's generally good for anybody. Like you and I have taken into our brains now this idea of like what's good for anything and every because we have to be good at everything. Whereas right. then you look at like a Rasmus guide on Muat or a Magi guide on Necro and you see how right. hyper focused they can get about what is yeah. very unique to that faction and how to push that to its absolute limits rather than like, well, I only had time to play them like three times before I had to move on to the next thing. So, of course, I didn't get to like do a deep like as deep of a dive as I, I would like to. So, yeah, I think when you try to do everything you get what this show looks like, which is like, well, right. I mean, we just kind of have some some mainstay things that we think every faction should do, and then right. mild divergences. And I think that's where we're hoping that the next kind of arc of the show, like we're still doing guides, but now we, we've, we've been teasing this for a while and talking about it, but we want to do like faction months or whatever. I don't, it's not going to necessarily be like exactly a month, but like sets of episodes about one faction at a time where we get mm -hmm. to really get into the nitty gritty and explore the faction from all of its standpoints. For me personally, 
that's an, an opportunity to try the weird stuff that probably isn't as good, but I, I, Matt, don't have to win a game as that faction for the guide to count. I right. can watch other people play, and I can try goofy stuff and just see how it feels, and that will be a more representative uh, interpretation of that faction than I had to play them three times and I was desperately trying to get a win no matter what rather than exploring all of the tools that the faction had access to yeah so maybe two people can't master every every single faction of Twilight Imperium but perhaps we don't have to perhaps yeah. the uh, the whole point of the show is to find someone that has mastered that right. faction right and watch what they're doing talk to them about it and then that is kind of more the presentation i have a different thing that i want to do with this that i'm excited about which is just like i i don't believe that i can master all 24 i don't think that that's it's possible but i believe that uh in order to kind of get better at the game um i want to put in practice and push myself to play outside of my own style and comfort zone in order to expand my repertoire. Um, I don't anticipate that I will be super good at every faction, uh, but I am excited about letting the uh, show sort of become a Space Cats, Peace Turtles of whatever faction it is that we are covering. Right, right. So, like, that's that's kind of more to sort of refocus the show and make it slower. Yes. Like, if you thought that it's kind of slow that it took us an uh, a year and four months to catch up to a introduction to Prophecy of Kings, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet, <laughs> okay? You don't know how slow we actually do want to go. <laughs> you I mean, don't this know game, how slow we go, baby. <laughs> yeah, this game isn't... It's not like any other game. Yeah. And the more and more I play it, the more and more I feel like it is uh, something that w it, in order to learn everything about it, no one knows that. Mm -hmm. Like there is no one that knows everything about this game, right. basically. Right. And I think it would be kind of impossible to know. But I uh, feel this sense of like wanting to take a... a I'm I'm gonna try yeah. to learn Everything. as much as is possible about it. Like I said, I'm my goal is to grow an extra lobe that only has Twilight Imperium in it. <laughs> so that is my goal with the, with the next arc yeah. of the show. Yeah, I I think instead because the the new thing will be then we are both focusing on one faction at a time. We're both digging yeah. into it. Uh, yeah. We play together as often as we don't, which means it's not like we will only be playing one faction at a time or there's going to be games right. where Hunter's playing as that faction and I'm not and vice versa. My goal, if Hunter's is to like really do it, do the do boots on the ground play testing of all of these factions. Mine is like, I want to at least make sure that the faction we are studying is in every single game that I'm playing, right. whether or not I'm the one playing them. And I have to take the pressure off of my own back to learn everything about them while I'm in the driver's seat, because while I'm in the driver's seat, it's so hard to focus on the nuances. I get instead so focused on the just like, well, I have to reach 10 points rather than like I have to learn the proper way to set up nullification field or I need to learn the proper way to do this or that. 
I, I want to watch and study other people playing in my own games, in tournament games, and all of that. So my my big goal is to redirect my focus towards everybody else playing the game and, and learn and glean what I can from them. So I hope that yeah. between the two of us, that's the new sort of style of information we can we can give to everybody. I would love to have conversations where I'm like, well, Hunter, I've seen a lot of people doing this and it's worked out for them. How does it feel to you as someone who tried it and, you know, played eight games as that faction? Like what what did it what does it feel like in, you know, <laughs> on the on the you i'm i'm at the news desk and you're the yeah. man in the field <laughs> at this point yeah. i think so i think that's kind of what what it you're a tv news anchor <laughs> and i am a guy standing out in the wind in the and hurricane. Snow, being like <laughs> it's snowing out it's really cold out here everybody <laughs> yeah you're like you're the meteorologist yeah. and i am like a guy we cut to yeah because we just need somebody standing in a blizzard. Right. <laughs> no real reason why. I, you know, it's something I noticed about local news that I'm like, I never need I you never to prove you to it. be there. Yeah. There's a hurricane coming. And now we have, look at this guy. He's standing out in the hurricane. It's like, yeah, yeah. I I don't think you're going to lie to me about the hurricane. <laughs> I get it. I, 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 I trust you. You know, it's like, it's gotten weird for journalism, but I don't know if it's gotten so weird that I have to see the guy anymore right. standing out there. Yeah. Just like, you know, his jacket's all blowing everywhere and it's <laughs> like a he's wet. Sign flying it's just him. like, why do I need this? They got expensive cameras out here. You're going to break your stuff, yeah. man. That's expensive. <laughs> <clears throat> Too expensive to waste. Well, yeah. So that's, I, I hope you're excited for that because I, I know I am. And I hope that my whining on Discord doesn't convince anybody I'm not excited for it. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Matt, at least you are a content creator out there that if people want access to you, they can get access to so, you. I guess so, huh? I you guess know what I mean? I You're guess just that's like, a good thing, question You mark. can go seamlessly from listening to this show to just like talking smack right to his face. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. it's a seamless transition. You all have ex access to it in that way. Now, you trying to hurt my feelings? <laughs> you try, you're gonna have to come to my good house, luck. dude. You're, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way you're gonna get me with... I mean, actually, there are a few people that have gotten me every once in a while, yeah. but it's it's taken a lot of consistent effort on their behalf. Uh -huh. and, and there's just something... I don't know. It's like, I can't even tell you what the thing you're gonna have to say in order to actually get under my skin half the time. I don't know myself. I mean, it's probably has more to do with my mood than anything. Sure. Um... So how long is it going to take for us to do what we're setting out to do right now? Probably the rest of our lives. I don't know. <laughs> There's 24 factions. We yeah. want to spend a, a a decent yeah a decent space cats peace turtles amount of time right. on each. I, I, here's how it really can, can look. I want to do at least three episodes on like every single faction. Yes, at least three episodes, and that doesn't include kind of constant one one episode a month is a galactic council episode that is not that is not the thing that uh -huh. we're working on right some i mean uh -huh. maybe sometimes the galactic Council. maybe we'll find a way to work in like extra notes stuff you know about the like sure. for cabal sure. we weren't going to cover this but if the galactic council wants us to cover this aspect of cabal then we'll do that or whatever things like that that stuff could come up but generally speaking it's like let's assume four weeks in every single month four episodes in every single month one of those is probably not on topic and then if we want to talk more about that faction then it extends it so you're already talking bare minimum two years to get through all oh yeah of these factions. no there's it's gonna take it's, way longer than yeah, two years exactly it's gonna take way longer than two years uh because the other thing is that i would like for the show so the show has been in the post pok immediacy 
the show has been hyper focused on like it's either you're hearing a preliminary guide or you're just hearing i don't know something else um i want the i don't know something else to come in a, a little a little more often like yeah. i would like the sh we are not do not expect it to be super regimented yeah you we are we are working on a faction and you are going to get episodes about that faction as they come out but there is no like backing ourselves into a corner and being like this has got to get done right this has got to happen that's, that's the key is i don't that's yeah. what i hate about the guides about writing a guides is the idea that i'm signing off on something that i'm supposed to think is done when like yeah i'm not done playing x cha i have not played enough games as x cha to think i can recommend everything under the sun that's not what this guide is supposed to be it's supposed to be a preliminary guide it's supposed to be here are some first thoughts on this faction to hopefully get you started this is how yeah. i'm getting started and yeah. i also don't think um we'll necessarily it's not like if we're doing cabal which is like the first faction we're gonna do, we're gonna do rule wraith cabal because we want to uh, it's not like there will not be any other episodes about any other faction during that time we might get a wild hair. I might see some crazy stuff happen in two games in a row with like Empyrean or something. And I might want to talk yep. about Empyrean. That yep. stuff is going to be on the table. I certainly don't want to like, if we, let's say we had some sort of order. I don't want to not talk about Arborek for three and a half years. Like I don't want yep. to do that no. to you. So that's no. not the expectation is that we're only covering one faction at a time. And you won't no. hear from us about yeah, Mentak yeah. until 2026. Sorry. Like that. that's not how it's going to go. That's not how it's going to be at all. It, there will be more of a focus on one thing at a time and then little diversions here and there. Yes. Um, and also just like, I mean, I've, I, we've really gotten away from talking about any game besides Twilight Imperium. We have not talked about any other games in yeah. a while. And this show, while it is primarily about Twilight Imperium, uh, we have not always only talked about Twilight Imperium. Right. And that's something that we got into because Prophecy of Kings came out and it seemed like it was an important time for us to yeah. go back over everything and make sure that everyone is like kind of up to date on this thing. It's out there. It exists now. We are not, you know, if you need advice, I am confident you have a place to go to yes. on the show already for that. Right. Now it's about getting weird. Now the show is about being, I think, a little freer for a while. Yep. Um, I, and a little uh, less. The Marauders yet. expansion for Roots coming out soon. We yeah. will one thousand percent cover that. that. We're gonna play yes. that, and we're gonna talk about it. Uh, yeah, we. Will, I, I want to play Sidereal Confluence. I want to play Spirit Island. There's games that people bring yeah. up all the time. You know what we really want to do is I want to do a friggin' show about Cosmic Encounters so bad. That's all I want to yeah. do is I, I want to take a like three weeks off from Twilight Imperium playing. I mean, I'll we'll talk about it on the show. I just want to play Cosmic Encounter back to back to back to back for for three weeks and do stuff Me too. about that. I love Me too. that game. So we want to do some of that. that. Um, so, yeah. So, so I so, hope you'll so, hang out with this. Yeah, I would say that as far as what to expect with the show is expect. So if 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 guide type content is the meat, yeah, I would say expect the meat to have more meat in it to right. be and maybe a better cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also, you're starting to sound like Big Al, buddy. This is going to be a stewed. Oh, really? A stewed lamb roast and no, 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 no. Let me let me finish my point because this is this. Sure. I would say that it's the meat. Expect it to be meatier, to be a more exquisite cut. Yes. But also, there's more vegetables because yep. you need vegetables. Yep. All right, you're growing. Okay, you need veggies too. We're going to balance right? this diet. We're going to balance this diet because it hasn't been very balanced for a while. We've been we've been feeding you a hot dog and bologna. <laughs> For a year, 
Because that's what we could afford. Because that's what we could get for you. Okay? But now it's steak yeah. and we're eating carrots we're eating radishes here's what it mushrooms, is mushrooms you all, all of are it. our children and we've yeah. been you've been toddlers that we've been feeding chicken nuggets for three years some and of now you certainly time. act like we're your parents i'll tell you that much every <laughs> once in a while some of y'all say some some real like Weird we stuff. are adults and, and, and we and i am not an adult for the record <laughs> i will never probably never be an adult at this point where i'm at Y'all have enabled me, and hey, I, I thank you every day. Y'all have enabled me to be uh, some sort of weird child forever. I am growing my Twilight Imperium lobe. I will have no skills in the future yep. if I have to rejoin the workforce. Yep. There will be nothing for me to do. You've doomed I'll come us. in and I'll be like, what, are, what do you have? And I'll be like, I have more Twilight Imperium in my brain than anyone in the world i think <laughs> and they'll be like i'm not sure how that qualifies you to work at a denny's i'm not i'm either. not sure <laughs> uh, right. okay i think that's i want to thank i want to thank our weird bears big al cappuccino squeamish enu billy brasford brian kalu and dark jutsu goondock ignoring my phd son of lato astoria alice emlashevsky sunfax absol ricky Brodul, rys fancy zeeling and carnal <gasps> And I want to thank Mama's lovely larva. Patience is a virtue. My son is also named Bort Sturmy Sturm Boo Poo Nerf Zerg. Tautology is what it is. Frank G. Gazkio, Rekka, Jadim Jedi, Nuclear Pasta, Privix, Rolo, Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. Hey, uh, note, uh, so for anybody that is still waiting on various Patreon, uh, merchandise rewards, uh, I'm talking from 2020. Oh I God, have shame. Yeah. Um, I am officially done uh, so you, now I wouldn't say when you hear this, you should just immediately be like, oh, but I didn't get that thing I was supposed to get. This is a problem. Give it just a second. Um, and if you don't have your thing that I owe you, yep. then you need to reach out to me in like, I would say like two weeks. Yep. Give it like two weeks. That goes, I am officially that goes for Weird Bear up. jerseys, uh, through, uh, I forget at what point, but those, those are, those are shipped out. They're gone. Yes. So, so you, yep. everyone should so, be getting those yeah we've been doing a lot of shipping and i hope to get 2021 done yep. also quite soon um i a lot of this stuff like fell way behind because of mostly my life going in the toilet let's mm. be frank mm. um but i don't i'm not in the toilet anymore i live in brooklyn and i like it okay <laughs> so everything is fine um but I, I yeah i just want to apologize to the people that's taken me so long to get this thing to you uh, I hope it got to you, yep. and if in two weeks it, you were like, oh, I never got that, just uh, just hit me up. I will also post in the, uh, well, I should probably post in the Discord in general about this so that people understand. We'll figure it out. Anyways, Galactic Council, uh, it looks like the choice has been made and that it will likely be Qualifier yeah. Round Report. By the time you hear this, it is it is decided, but and it's almost yeah. certainly Qualifier Round Report. We don't 100% know what that episode will look like. Uh, Hunter and I have been guesting on the Qualifier Report podcast. Uh, yeah. So there's been a bit of that, but I, we just want to have stats on and we want to cover it all because, hey, yeah. we haven't been catching ourselves up with the tournament for you all. You all want to know which I think the biggest thing is we probably want to come up with like a highlight reel because so far all but one of the games is available and uh, you might want to know which games are worth watching. That's a question that gets asked yeah. on the discord like every single yeah. day. So we will try to that's at least one question we'll try to answer with that episode. Yeah. Um, OK. Homebrewers Guild. Um, I have settled on. Sunday, February 27th, is going to be when the first playtest for our SCPT official homebrew guild project, which is, uh, I would just say, a, 
a full complete package of SCPT homebrew stuff. Uh, it's silly. Um, all components are welcome. All ideas are welcome. If you want to, if you have a cool idea for the homebrewers guild, join, throw it in there. I know, um, Wecker has posted, um, a guide in the homebrewers guild for how to make a custom faction. Yeah. So if you have a faction that you want to add, um, not now, now the way the homebrewers guild works is not every component gets just like immediately incorporated into it. Um, it kind of depends on how much time we have to get everything together and it won't always be exhaustive. It will be also based on need, but I am, I want this project to feel very open to whatever is available. Um, so like things will not be excluded, uh, without there being like a pretty good reason right. for it to be excluded outright. Right. Um, factions I feel like are the most work. And so therefore I cannot like automatically pledge that every faction will get immediately incorporated but it would be hilarious if when we finished the this this year of homebrew guild stuff it was like 60 factions <laughs> uh with the scpt homebrew project i don't know that i don't even like know nightmare, how to do it okay cool <laughs> i mean so I'm, down, I'm down to try it all uh hey yeah you can also rate this podcast on uh itunes spotify wherever and uh you can check out our website spacecatspeaceturtles.com for more information about our patreon our twitter our discord our merchandise all that stuff you can also send us an email with a story about a game you've played. Uh, we, we do an episode called This Imperium Life. We also do Plays of the Week. There's not going to be one in this episode, but you can send us a Play of the Week at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. Hunter, what's your, fa- what's your, what's your favorite arc? We're done. That's a, that's a done arc. Favorite that's arc another of the one show. in the bag. What's, your fa- what's, what's been your favorite arc of the show? Favorite arc of the show. Um, I think I liked... I think I liked when we played Dune for a little bit, and then we're like, we don't like this game. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>